It's so good to see you all. I mean, one of my favorite places on the planet. I'm at a merged church. I love pastors Mark and Nina and big shout out to everyone at Redcliffe. We love you. I just want to appreciate. Come on, let's give it up for Redcliffe. And to everybody watching online, Pastor Mark and Nina and myself, we've been on the journey for just under a decade now and we've, we've gone beyond just doing church together. We do life together. We're partners in the kingdom of what God is trying to do and wants to see happen. And it's the greatest privilege of mine, our Pastor Nina on my advisory board as, a, as an organization. And to everyone at Redcliffe, we, you are so blessed to have such wonderful pastors and leaders. You really are. You travel and never become familiar with the sacred, the presence of God, the wonder of who He is and what He could do. May I present a thought to you just this morning. Let's get ready to listen to the still small voice. The, 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 the fire can come, the earthquake can come, and in the noise and the sound, let's wait for the still small voice to lead us. And in Redcliffe, we're gonna go on a journey together today to see what could God do if we are willing to lay down something we've held on to for too long and say today, the 2nd of October in 2022, I refuse to leave the same. Today's gonna be a catalyst of change. Here's the spoiler alert, right? Every now and then I'll watch a show Oh, Alison will say, hey, there's a brand new series you got to watch. And I'll go, have they finished it yet? And she'll go, why? I'll go, because I don't want to spend all these hours of my life watching a show that doesn't end well. I just want good closure. And, and I'm not going to invest my time to have a show that has a bad finale. But I want to tell you today, today we're going to have ministry at the end. And there's going to be, this altar is going to be a place where you lay something down at the altar and you go, I refuse to take it home with me because there's more in God for me than ever before. That's the promise today. That's what I've been praying into today. That is what it's about. Today is about the seed and the soil and the sacrifice in between. And today we come with a sacrifice to bring it to God and say, God, you have put more in me than I could have ever imagined, hoped or dreamed of. But today I choose to live in it when I walk out these doors. Are you ready for that this morning? I'd like to read a thought to you. Actually, why don't you stand up to your feet real quick? I want to do this for you. Stand up to your feet real quick. Would you just close your eyes with me? Holy Spirit, we become fully aware of you. You're always here. You're always with us. We're not asking you to turn up. We're just silencing our souls so we become aware of you. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us this morning in your still small voice? everyone just become aware just take just just breathe and breathe him in breathe the presence of God around you open your soul the noise maybe that you walked in with but the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now I believe the Holy Spirit wants to bring transformation and breakthrough to everybody but in particular there's two groups of people that you walked in today and you said I need a word for my family and I need a word over our finances. 
You could be in two separate groups. You might just need finances or you might just need some, some, some Holy Spirit revelation for your family, but maybe you're both. I want you to come in and say, Holy Spirit, give us a word for our family so that we never go backwards. We only step into all that you have for us. Give us a word for our finances so that we can be stewards of your kingdom prosperity everywhere that we go. Holy Spirit, would you give us wisdom? We honour you. We become aware of you and your covenant promise to be with us, to be our comforter, our counsellor and our source of wisdom. Even now, Holy Spirit is just speaking to us as we become aware of His presence in Redcliffe too. Come on, become aware of His presence with every breath that you take and let His still small voice lead us into the future that He has for us that is exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think of. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, you take your seat. You can give Jesus a clap as you do that. Thank you so much, worship team. I love being here. Mary, in the book of Luke, is made a promise by God. The Bible says she's blessed and highly favoured, and she's afraid. Imagine being blessed and highly favoured to a point where you're afraid. Do you know sometimes the scariest thing we can ever have happen to us is God answering one of our prayers. She's blessed, highly favoured, an angel turns up and she's afraid. She then leaves because what is being asked of her is so deep and so revolutionary that she has to say yes to an unknown because she doesn't know what the promise exactly looks like. But she says yes, because the promise is bigger than her comfort. And the covenant that she's about to step into will shift the narrative of all of humanity. And it's given to a teenage girl that has social ramifications for her yes. Because the Bible says that there would be a seed that form that comes to change the world. And this teenage girl would say yes, risking her life, risking her comfort. And so she goes to the family farm just a little bit up the road with Elizabeth and Zachariah. And there she sings a worship song. And this is what it sounds like in Luke 1. Let me read it to you. The song of Mary says, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. Can I bring one thought to you just there? Her soul had to magnify before her spirit rejoiced. Because our soul is our mind, our will, our emotions, which means we have to bring our soul into discipline to magnify a promise even when we don't fully know what it looks like. So the future is promised, even though it's scary sometimes and unknown but she magnifies with her soul anyway. And in her soul posture shifting, watch what happens to the spirit. No, the spirit rejoices. 
We go, Lord, we want to rejoice in you. Well, let's magnify with our soul first. Then she goes on to say this. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant, and for behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. He hasn't done great things as of yet. He scared her. When God puts us out there, are we willing to say, God, I thank you for the great things you've done for me? Because when we magnify that which is promised but still unknown, we start a narrative that says, God, whatever you say, I will say yes to. Because here's the, here's the simplest way I can explain faith. Faith is saying yes before God's finished the question. Because it's not about the question, it's about who's asking it. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. I want you to remember that. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. To his seed forever forever. She starts with her soul magnifying the Lord and comes to the end of this this worship song and says, but it's all about the promise of the seed. God starts things in seed form, always in seed form. If you think about it, the whole redemption of the whole world outside of time had to start in seed form. Starts in seed form. And every now and then we like the finished form. God, show us what it really looks like. And he goes, but I'll give you a seed. We go, God, I don't like the seed. Because it doesn't look like what I think it should look like. But what if God wants to do something this year as we finish up Summit? And in Redcliffe, we're on this journey together. As we finish, finish up Summit to say, God... What seeds have you given me that I need to magnify? I need to make sure that it's sacred in my life because what you've put in those seeds just might be so anointed that it shifts the trajectory of the generations to come because it unlocks a promise that I didn't realize. Because I prayed the prayers, God, bring me this, bring me that. I need the promise, show me my breakthrough. And every now and then he'll remind me, well, didn't I put that in the seed of who I've called you to be when I knitted you together in your mother's womb? So the story this morning is the seed, the soil, and the sacrifice in between. The sacredness of sacrifice. Here's the journey. Sacrifice is sacred. It's sacred. It's set apart. You don't accidentally sacrifice something. You don't, you know, there's times for, whether it's your time, whether it's your finances, whether it's your talent, whatever it might be, you don't accidentally do it. You know, Pastor Jason doesn't accidentally get mic'd up and walk up here. He doesn't accidentally, and all the team that served, and big shout out to the production team here at Redcliffe and all the sites. Come on. They're amazing. They're amazing. They, they don't accidentally get up at 5.30 in the morning to turn up early because sacrifice is set apart. We once went, uh, we were at the Gold Coast one time, and uh, we're the kind of people that love swimming at a pool that's near the beach. You know, it's, 
It's far more efficient in the cleanliness of it all. And I don't mind the beach where I'm a decent enough swimmer, but even at the beach, I make sure there's enough people just a little bit further than me because Jaws has options then. And so we've, we, we've been at the beach, we've got the, the, the body boards and we've got our slip-ons, we have our swimmers, the, just everything. There was the beach bag, but we were coming back from holiday and it's put in a plastic bag because that's what you do because it's plastic. So you put it there, we tied it up, we put it in our boot, we got home and I put it in the laundry to be washed. Next day, Ali goes, have you put the bins out? Because that's my job. And so I said, yes whilst do, like running down the stairs. Because it's not really a lie, because I'm actually kind of doing it at the same time. So I run down the stairs, I'm saying, yes, I have. And so I run down, I grab all the bags in the rubbish, I go and, and, and guess where that plastic bag was? Right next to the door that I go out in the laundry to throw everything out. So I grab all the bags and I throw them in the bin. It is what it is, right? but I don't realize what I've done. Weeks later, we're all going to the Gold Coast. Where's our swimmers, Dad? Where's our stuff? Like it was a bag filled with stuff. And I'm, we're looking, we're looking, we're looking, we can't find it anywhere. And suddenly I have this epiphany of remembrance. No. No, like there were slip-ons, swimmers, like, like stuff. Here's what I can't say. Well, I sacrificed it unto the Lord. <laughs> Lord, would you bless me for my stupidity? For the accident. And here's what I got to say. Sacrifice is intentional, not accidental. So when we say we're bringing a sacrifice of praise we're bringing it with an intentionality that says, I am setting myself apart because I'm telling my soul what it needs to do right now. Because a sacrifice of praise sometimes means we don't feel like it. But because it's a sacrifice. Sacrifice is scary, but sacrifice is selfless. And if you look through the journey in the worship song of Mary, you realize that it's sacred because it's set apart. It's scary because of the journey she's going on, but it's selfless because how many times does she say generation after generation after generation for a good man or woman leaves an inheritance for his, their children's children? Because when we think about the future, we have to say the sacrifice is worth the future. John 12, 24, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. Watch this. But if it dies, not when it dies, if it dies, it produces many seeds. We pray for multiplication, right? Assuming it'll just happen. But according to the principle of seed, which God uses to shift the whole world's trajectory. Let's not forget that it's sacred because the Messiah was promised in seed form. If it dies, so here's the question first and foremost, is there an if in your sacrifice? 
Meaning, if it dies, are you willing to let it die? It can be to, to, to be, to be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth, right? Four times it's mentioned in Genesis. It's the mandate of heaven, really, to be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth. We all love being fruitful. Fruitful is pretty. Fruitful looks good. Fruitful fills our ego. And from a leadership perspective, I can be fruitful under someone else's sacrifice. But I cannot multiply unless I'm willing to break my fruitfulness, get ugly with it, and take the seed out of that which I find attractive and be willing to get messy and put it in the ground if it dies. See, I can be fruitful, but I'll never multiply unless I'm willing to take the seed in the if it dies. There's a part of me that has to die every time I want to multiply. Because whatever we magnify, we multiply. Therefore, I have to choose intentionally because I can't sow a seed accidentally. I say, God, what is it in me that needs to die so that I can multiply what you've asked me to bring to the world? Thus, the end altar call will be, God, what needs to leave my life? And it might not, it's not bad or sinful. I'm not even going there. I'm talking good stuff. That God goes, but it's still inferior to your design. It's good, but it's not my design. It's good, but it's not great. It's good, but it's not your calling. If it dies, it produces many seeds. So sacrifice is sacred. Let's find this ourselves in Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity, hope, open hostility between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He will crush your head and you shall only strike his heel. God is speaking about Messiah in her seed and he will crush the enemy's seed. He will crush the head of the enemy. We're talking about seeds here, remember? Not finished form, seeds. He will crush the enemy's head because there's an anointed seed because Mary was good soil. Mary was good soil. You, know, you can buy pumpkin seeds for about $2,000. Pumpkin seeds for about $2,000, give or take. It better make some good pumpkin soup then, hey. You can buy pumpkin seeds for $2,000. But here's the question. If I got, I'm, not a, I don't, I'm not really great with gardening or any of that stuff. But if I bought a $2,000 seed and I thought to myself, man, it has to win for me. It actually is dependent on the soil I put it in. Because if I just picked up some random dirt from the side of the road and I said, but I have a $2,000 seed and I put it in there and I didn't think about it, I thought the seed would just do it itself. It's better for me to go up to Bunnings, buy like a $10 packet of seeds, but talk to a scientist that knows how to make soil optimized for pumpkin growing and say, what do I put in the soil? Because God can give you an unbelievable seed. The question is, is what kind of soil are you putting it in? I will put 
open hostility between his seed, Messiah's seed, and the enemy's seed, which shows me this, that an anointed seed in the right soil will crush the enemy's authority over your life. But you can't accidentally sow the seed. But notice it says that he'll, you know, strike at his heel. Sacrifice can sometimes be painful. It just will never destroy you. Remember that story of the man who gets the miracle in his hand, he's in the temple, and Jesus says, will you stretch out your hand? That's like saying to a person who doesn't belong there, will you show us the reason why you're not meant to be in the temple? Do you know how vulnerable that is? To, it, that's like somebody saying, uh, you know, you've got a rash somewhere. And the pastor saying, hey, come into church. Hey, you know that rash you've been praying about? Why don't you show it to everybody? The one you whisper at the chemist about? This, is the, this man had to choose. Do I want my miracle and I have to sacrifice my ego? That's the season we're coming into. Where humility will win. And if we have an ego, it will die a Rambo-style death and we don't want it to. I want my ego to die in its sleep. But if I'm intentional about the seed and the sacrifice, my ego and my soul noise drops down levels. So he stretches out his hand. It's a pain. It's awkward. He's vulnerable, and yet he gets his miracle. Why? Because sacrifice, sometimes the miracle happens in the stretch. What's the stretch after summit for you? What's the stretch? God says, I'm, he says, I'm willing to unlock your design, but what's the stretch? But God, I, I, I feel like no one, will, no one wants to see it. No one needs to need, be there. No one, I, don't, I don't want to feel like I'm wrong. God says, leave your ego and see the miracle. Every now and then, sacrifice is painful. It's not always happy, happy, joy, joy. Sacrifice can sometimes be painful. But the right seed in the right soil at the right sacrifice will crush the enemy's head. My observation is this. A seed was designed to be sown and sacrificed. A seed sown puts your breakthrough in motion. And a seed sown has power to crush the enemy. Whether it's talent, whether it's time, whether it's treasure, whether it's your finance, whatever it is. Do you know that they've done research that shows us now that people who volunteer live longer no, like it's real data now, even though it's biblical. People who serve live longer. There's, there'll be some church volunteers that live till 180, especially the production team. Like, <laughs> and all of you are Redcliffe that serve. But do you also know this, that there's this, there's this paradox of the kingdom that the more you sow, somehow the more you get. And there's a supernatural aspect to it in the parable of the talents. He says that you reap where you have not sown and you gather where you have not scattered. 
means we have access when we sacrifice well with intentionality to reap supernatural benefits everywhere that we go. Sacrifice is scary. It's not only sometimes painful, it's scary. Now, I would just like to say this, that I had planned, this was the word in my heart way before I knew some of your artwork for, for this summit. No, it's true. You got to know that so that you realize that this is a word in season. I feel like I'm on assignment here today. Because I, I'm so interconnected and integrated into your journey and your leadership. I, I want to see everybody win together. So I feel like I'm on assignment. But watch this. There's a caterpillar. And I'm going to say right now, I'm not really a National Geographic person. Like I'm just not. I have about four cans of mortine at my house. So it's not like, yay, a spider. Let's put a cup on it and take it outside. Not the spiders here. So I want to show you, because Jesus used nature as parables. And to show you how I believe a, 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 a picture of our journey, it will look something like that of a caterpillar. So a caterpillar chooses to sow itself into the soil of the cocoon. And watch this language, when it say, what it says here. When it comes to the end of its juvenile stage, it digests itself into the chrysalis. It chooses to go into the chrysalis. At the end of a juvenile stage, if caterpillars had an inner narrative and they could talk to themselves, there'd be this moment where the caterpillar goes, I'm looking at something around me, my environment, all it is is dirt and leaves. I don't have vision, but I feel like there's something more. Sound familiar? I feel like there's more. There's got to be more to my life. But, it's, but, but in order for it to become more, it has to digest itself, sow itself into the God process. It comes to the end of its juvenile stage. Do you know, emus can't fly, right? Like, I'm glad emus can't fly. Can you imagine? Do you know what the, the, the bill on your car repairs would be if emus could fly? Or the chiropractic bills you might have to pay? But the reason they can't fly is because they, they, they suffer with a case called neoteny, N-E-O-T-E-N-Y, neoteny. The definition of neoteny is this, adult body with juvenile traits. It means the bird kept growing, but the wings stopped when it was juvenile. Now, I'm kind of glad about that one. But I would say then, is our challenge that we're, in, we're adults with juvenile traits, which means we can't fly and see things differently from a different perspective. In, in essence, a juvenile trait, I was a youth pastor for long enough so I can say it, is juveniles just think that they know everything. Juveniles don't like, to be, don't like to be challenged or be wrong. Juveniles protect their ego at all costs. Juveniles are entitled. 
juveniles like to get stuff without doing that much work. I'm not saying that, I'm just saying that's part of our actual brain development, right? And, and let's be fair, um, men's brains don't really fully develop till they're 25, so we're allowed to be idiots until then. <laughs> and all the women are like, oh, that's why. <laughs> you sure it's not 30? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, but, but do we, ha, have we come to 2022 through a pandemic and the pandemic actually showed a lot of juvenile traits? We said stuff and did stuff and put it on social media like we actually thought we were smart. And yet all it did was reveal that we had juvenile traits trapped in an adult body. And would I just, can I just suggest, and this is everybody, can I just suggest that as kingdom leaders, there's something more. And until we come to the end of our juvenile state, we can't unlock more. So we're going to leave juvenile things at the altar this morning. Juvenile mindset, this is how we've always thought. This is how we should think. This is, how, this is what my belief system is about this and that. What if God wants to do more? What if the promise of seed, just like Mary, is a bit unknown to you? How about we come to the altar saying, God, I don't know everything and that's okay. I'm going to take my control and I'm going to leave it at the altar. I'm going to leave my juvenile state at the altar. Because what happens is, is it's the place of the unknown. It's dark, but it's natural. And it's releasing the potential that was inbuilt in its design from the beginning. From the beginning. Because in the caterpillar... Watch this. In the caterpillar, the whole time, there is something that is called imaginal discs. Imaginal discs. You guys can go and press people at dinner later tonight. Imaginal discs. Let's all say that together. Ready? One, two, three. Imaginal discs. We'll say it one more time. Imaginal discs. Do you know what they are? They live in the caterpillar the whole time. Do you know what they are? They're the parts of the butterfly but they cannot be unlocked, awakened, until it goes to the cocoon. Now, if God can do that in the weirdest looking bug, hairy, crawls on the ground, how much more would he have put himself in, his, in our imaginal discs when he put his identity and image in us? that he would want to unlock when we come to the end of our juvenile state. And then it comes out, right? I want to come here. If we go to 1 Corinthians. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body. What's it? We're so worried about what the end result will be. We're so busy dreaming about the income, the outcome, we're not actually stewarding seed. We sow the seed, God gives it a body. Simple as that. I don't need to be competitive with somebody else's body. I don't need to be competitive with somebody else's outcome. I don't need to feel insecure about or compare. Comparison will be a place where your dreams go to die. But all I have to do is sow the seed with intention and discipline my soul to magnify the Lord, even in the midst of the unknown. Because I just have to sow a seed. 
And once I sow the seed, because I come to the end of my juvenile stage, what happens? God gives it a body. The caterpillar doesn't sow itself going, I wonder if I'll become a butterfly. It just comes to the end of his juvenile stage with the inner narrative being, God, there's more. Is there more for you? Are you ready for more? Do you want more? Everyone at Redcliffe, come on, do you want more? Is there something turning inside you? You didn't spend two, three days at summit to go, oh, well, it's just another great conference. You went, I want more. I need more. I know that there's something in my life that needs to be unlocked. And in the unlocking, it means there's something that in our juvenile state, we have to leave at the altar and trust the process to awaken the imaginal discs. God gives it a body. And then it breaks out of its cocoon. Who loves the breakthrough and the breakout? We love that because God's done the work. We're ready. We're out there. We're like, dang, God, we're ready. Now, here's the, here's the weirdest thing ever is as it comes out of the cocoon, it hangs there lifeless for up to four hours. Now, if I was a caterpillar and caterpillars could talk to each other, there'd be caterpillars that went, you know what? We're just going to stay caterpillars because we don't want to trust the process. It's too scary. It's too unknown. And they all talk to each other. And then there's that, there's that one caterpillar that says, I believe there's more. And they go, stop dreaming. Stop thinking different. Stop, stop believing you can be more than what you are right now. But you go, but there's more. And I'm going to trust the process. And those same caterpillars that told you not to go there, would look at you right now and go, yeah, they look different, but they look dead. They look dead. There's no life in them. See, let's not do it. Don't, let's not trust God. Let's not sow that seed. Let's not go by faith. Let's just leave it because it, it looks different, but it doesn't look healthy or safe because that butterfly is at its most vulnerable state at this point for predators. It can't fly and it's bringing a lot of attention to itself. But do you know what it's waiting for? The blood to fill its wings. It's hanging there lifeless. And I'm sure that if I was the butterfly hanging there lifeless, because you're ready for your breakthrough, you can't wait to just break out there, but you're there and you're waiting for the blood to fill its wings. And sometimes we've just got to realize we need to wait for the revelation of the blood of Jesus to fill our wings before we shift our vision and we shift our trajectory. Because when we, the blood fills our wings and we shift our trajectory and we start to soar, the narrative of the caterpillars down there just don't sound as loud. And sacrifice is selfless. If I could have the band up, please. This is the, this is, this is the stage where we realize did you know that caterpillars can't create more caterpillars? That the only way that a caterpillar can multiply is by coming to the end of its juvenile state and choose to sacrifice itself to the process of God to then become a butterfly to then start the life cycle again. And that's my question for us here today is if we're going to be fruitful 
and we're going to multiply and fill the earth. What do we have to do to come to the end of our juvenile state? Leave it at the altar, a catalyst of change that shifts the trajectory of our life and our future for the generations to come. To say, I refuse to be a caterpillar, but I'm going to trust the process and I'm going to soar with a fresh vision. Caterpillars don't reproduce, butterflies do. In Romans 12, it says this, to be a living sacrifice and be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Notice, sacrifice precedes transformation. My observation is this, is the place of your transformation is not your destination. The place of your transformation is not your destination. Sometimes we're in dark places and we go, God, when is it over? But I'll tell you right now, it is not your destination. And that's the hope when we come and we say, Holy Spirit, take that which is inferior to my design, my juvenile state, unlock something because we're going somewhere. And here's some final reflections. Seeds were designed to be sacrificed. So are you intentionally looking for good soil to multiply the God factor in your life? You're gifting your time, your resources, word. Think about God, what am I gonna do for the kingdom? How can I sow and, and, and volunteer in church? You live a long life. Volunteer in church, what am I been waiting for? Is there an inferior juvenile mindset that has stopped me from going and being all that God has called me to be? Leave it here today. Where do you feel stuck like a caterpillar? And do you know that God wants to awaken your imaginal discs, your true God purpose? And can you identify the different areas of your life where you are a caterpillar, a cocoon, a butterfly, or a soaring butterfly, a vulnerable butterfly or a soaring butterfly? I would do this if I was your coach. Draw four columns on a piece of paper and go, these areas of our life, I'm a caterpillar. This area of, of my life, I'm a cocoon. This area of my life, I'm vulnerable. And in this area of my life, we're soaring. And watch how each can be a decision to say, God, I'm sacrificing. I'm sacrificing because I don't just want to be fruitful. I want to multiply. And sacrifice is saying to God, I trust you. And what areas of our life do we need to trust God in? I'm going to ask you to stand real quick. And there's going to be a team down here praying, but I'm going to ask, challenge even at Redcliffe, would you make a stand today? Come to the altar and say, Holy Spirit, unlock something in me. Unlock the imaginal discs that you have put in me. Would you close your eyes and just raise your hands? I've got Alison here, my beautiful wife. She's gonna stay here at Warner. And she's gonna join the prayer team as well and pray for people and agree with you for your future. Father, right now, we thank you. We become fully aware of you and your mighty Holy Spirit. Lord, today, the, the, the 2nd of October, 2022, we refuse to leave as caterpillars. We refuse to leave with a small mindset. We refuse to leave unchanged because today we make an intentional sacrifice at the altar. Lord, of a juvenile mindset, a juvenile way of thinking, a juvenile lifestyle. This is God, take us to places we've never gone before. Shift our vision, shift our momentum and allow us to unlock the imaginal discs because we take your seed that has an anointed authority and we crush the head of the enemy. Come on, as we sing, would you start making your way to the front? Today is your day. Today is your day. Come on. Today is your moment to say, Holy Spirit, unlock, unlock, unlock. Desire.